our social media analysis unit, has ramped up its monitoring of sites to catch incitement to violence, direct threats to others. And all this is in response to our desire, our strong commitment to ensure that not only do New Yorkers be safe, but they also feel safe. So for those that don't know, uh, that is New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Uh, she's touting her new brown shirts brigade and their future endeavors, uh, which include knocking on the doors of individuals, expressing their First Amendment rights. All right. So one of the lines that gets me, and I, and I quote, says, we have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on online platforms. So I guess one of the questions I have is, how are they going to reach out to individuals when they're, as they say, spewing hate speech? I mean, are there guidelines? I mean, what are the guidelines for hate speech when we'll say pro-Palestinians are talking from the river to the sea, which is pretty much stating that they want to eradicate Jews? I mean, it, would that be considered hate speech? Because if that's considered hate speech, they have a lot of work to do. I mean, that's a lot of doors. Hundreds of thousands of individuals crying from the river to the sea. I mean, is Hochul's new unit going to send text messages to these people? Or are they going to go to their house and, and tell them that they're, they're viewing hate? I don't know. I digress. And we'll see how this all works out. We'll, uh, we'll keep tabs on it. So anyway, this is a gram of sarcasm. Um, you can find me on X, uh, formerly Twitter, at gram of sarcasm. You can catch me on email at gram at gram of sarcasm.com. Been wanting to do a podcast since, I don't know, probably like January, February. Procrastination is probably my biggest uh, hill to climb. Um, I've had a lot to say for a long time. I just I haven't gotten around to doing it. But uh, considering the state of the world and it's kind of on fire, I figured I might as well do it now before it's too late. So I do want to start out by uh, thanking our vets and active service members, uh, as well as our men and women in law enforcement. Uh, you know, big thank you to uh, what you do for us and our nation. Considering what has happened in the West right now, man, I tell you, uh, we need to back our blue and back our military. It's, it's, it's not pretty out there. Uh, we see it every day and it's getting worse. You see an officer out there, tell him thank you. you see a vet out there, tell him thank you. We do appreciate what they do for us. So some topics for this podcast, we're going to be talking about legal immigration. We're going to be talking about um, the, the, the push for insects in those uh, nightly meal plans, if you will. We're going to talk about insect.com and uh, what the WEF has planned in the near future. We're going to talk about accountability. Um, you know, uh, we all have accountability. We're, account we're held accountable for our actions. However, uh, elected officials are not held to the same standard. I'm going to touch base on that as well. Uh, we're going to talk about a strategic oil reserve a little bit. Um, you know, that thing that Biden promised to fill up at a cheaper rate while OPEC laughs at us. Yeah, it's not a good thing considering the state of the world. It would be nice to have uh, an emergency backup. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some mass shootings as much as I hate to. Um, I think it's important. Um, you know, those SSRIs, there, there's a little something there. Um, we also got the, uh, you know, Prozac, Ritalin, and Paxil. Oh, my. And what the hell happened to monkeypox? Not that I care. I do remember, you know, Kathy Hochul going into a state of emergency because of how bad monkeypox was, but then it just seemed to poof, disappear. So the first topic I'm going to talk about is uh, this, this immigration push. You know, there are millions of Americans had the same common sense opinion about what this is about, uh, what this was about rather over the last couple of decades. Let me give you a hint. The immigration push, first and foremost, it's the West, right? This is all by design. This is to do one thing, which is to destabilize the West. You can't change my mind. You know, we're called conspiracy theorists, racist, et cetera, et cetera. 
But I think we're all starting to see, or actually more people are starting to see, uh, what exactly is going on. So you can take a look at London, for for example. You know, essentially has fallen. Since uh, Sadiq Khan has been mayor, I could say it's all by design, but yeah, okay, it's all by design. So the big question I have is, when regards to these immigrants, where are they getting their money from? So I was kind of looking around on the net, and I happened to stumble on a story that the UN is handing out these debit cards to these these immigrants making the trek up to the US. And apparently they get reloaded, reloaded every 15 days. I'm not sure if you guys heard the story. You can find this information on cis.org. Uh, it's the Center for Immigration Studies. So they get reloaded every 15 days to make the trek up to the US. So as of right now, and this look, this has become a significant problem for us as Americans. Um, Border Patrol estimates that there have been over 2.5 million illegal immigration encounters at the border in 20, uh, 2023. We're looking at over 3 million by the end of the year. Okay. And those aren't my numbers. You can look those up. Those are on our, our government's websites. So feel free uh, if you want to fact check what I'm telling you. And I do believe now uh, we're over 10 million illegals that have come into this country under, under the Biden administration. A bunch of those are unvetted. They got the gotaways. That's the new term we call, or they call, um, those that they didn't catch or that they escaped or, or whatever. Okay. These are the folks who aren't being vetted. None of these folks are truly being vetted. They catch he- some here and there, whatever. The point I'm making are just, just to put this in perspective, our active duty military is about 1.4 million. We've just let in to this country over the last three years, over 10 million individuals, most who are not, un- most who are not vetted. So where do you think the money is coming from that these immigrants are getting? Uh, like, like who's, we know the UN's giving them the cash. It's coming from us. You know, the U.S. taxpayers. We put in, I believe it's somewhere around uh, 20% uh, of what the UN brings in just for them to spin it uh, and give illegals a gift card to make their way up to the United States, which leads me to another issue. I am pro-America. I'm pro-Constitution. I'm pro-black, white, brown, green, yellow. I don't care. Uh, if you're an American citizen and you're here trying to do the best that you can, you have a moral compass, we have zero problem. The problem we have, however, is that a bulk of those coming into this nation from the Middle East, we're talking Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, um, and they're, be- they're being pulled out of the lines, believe me, but we're just, we're missing too many. They don't want to assimilate. They don't want to, ha- they don't have that moral compass uh, that we have as Americans, which leads me up to the next point, which is our Second Amendment. Now, obviously, this sparks some controversy. You know, people want to blame guns. I don't. Um, I blame the individual. See, it's, it's, it's responsibility. It's personal responsibility. See, guns aren't evil. People are evil. And a lot of the, the, the stuff that I'm going to talk about in the next few podcasts specifically is about mass shootings, and I said earlier, and the, uh, the SSRIs. And these other psychotropic medications. Um, again, there, there's something there. But anyway, so speaking of gun control, you know, if you're if you're if you're keeping score, you're going to find that um, some of our politicians are using the same talking points used by uh, Hugo Chavez back in 2006, and he used that as a precursor to stripping away gun rights. So you know, there are individuals in the White House that are echoing, echoing exactly what his calls were. You know, gun confiscation. They're not saying it yet. Uh, it's coming. Right now, it's, uh, you know, they're going to ban this or try to ban that. Um, 
you know, in May of this year, uh, there were two uh, GOP reps, uh, Kelly and um, pregnant his name, I think it's Zinke. Uh, they put out a re- resolution uh, amid reports of, of thousands of special interest aliens from the Middle East. But mind you, this is not only our southern border, it's also our northern border. So that's uh, 3,153 from Egypt, 659 from Iran, 538 from Syria, 164 from Lebanon, and of course, other areas um, or nations uh, that really hate our guts. Do you know the, the, what the odds are of these individuals assimilating into our Western culture? Yeah, slim to none. Okay. I mean, all you have to do is, is really go back and do some research in Germany. You don't hear a lot about it, so you actually have to go and look for it. They, they won't assimilate. Where they came from, there are no laws. They don't care. And we're letting them in every single day. So, you know, our, our government calls for, you know, uh, gun control, things like that. What are you going to be left with? Right? Prime example, again, Venezuela. There are more guns in Venezuela now than before the ban in 2012. True story. You, you can go look it up. And it also, it is also far more violent. Now you've got warring factions. You have gangs, uh, armed gangs. You got people who are now starving to death. We're told to eat their own animals. Uh, that was per the government to eat your animals. And one of the statistics that not a, whole lot of, not a whole lot of people know about, we can talk about Germany specifically, is the amount of rapes uh, and sexual assaults. Since 2010, there's 114,481, this is up till 2022, um, rapes and sexual assaults. And this information is readily available. Uh, you can go to Statista.com uh, and find this information. Committed by males, the young adults, between 18 to 21 years old. So when do you think the immigration push started? Right? I mean, you can come to your own conclusions. I'm going to do some more research, obviously, on this to find out if you can, if you can even find out um, who the assailants were, you know, in their country of origin. It's important. Anyway, so we really need to shut the border down. You're going to find that um, I'm not a big fan of Democrats. I'm not a big fan of Republicans. I don't think either of them give a shit about you or I. And um, we're, in, we're in for um, a long ride, and it's going to be really bumpy if we don't get that uh, southern border shut down. So, you know, contact your reps and let them know. Let them know what you think. Hey, if they're not going to protect our country, we need to put people in place that will. So anyway, so we're going to go on. We're going to move away from the, uh, the immigration issue. And we're going to talk a little bit about accountability. This, this is becoming a, a significant issue for me. You know, I was looking over my X feed. And, you know, you keep seeing these criminals. They keep getting released. There's two. There's actually a video right now that I'm, I'm, I'm watching as, as I talk about this. There's a judge in New York who released uh, the gentleman, the gentleman, I say gentleman, the individuals is Kareem McClary, and I'm going with Isaiah, Isaiah Jessamy. Now, without bail, uh, these two individuals attacked a New York police department officer uh, on Monday, but they're released. So there you go. They can go back out, do whatever they want to do, because we have no accountability in our judicial system. As a matter of fact, there is no accountability for anybody, any elected official in this country, and it's becoming more and more evident. And I'm going to get a little fired up on this one because honestly, this is, this stuff is really, really pissing me off. I'm a huge advocate of police and our veterans. I said it earlier in our military and to watch this video of these two men attacking this police officer is just, just really pisses me off. So we have some questionable decisions, uh, questionable decisions, uh, being made by our elected officials. You know, some of them are in direct conflict with the U S constitution. Governor Hochul, for instance, you know, with their current push for more gun control, having to wait for for background checks on ammunition. Really? So I don't know if you guys know, but a few years back, she implemented these laws, easily passed through New York State's legislature, 
that violated the Constitution, which obviously they found out later when the, the, the Supreme Court shot it down. So then they go back, redraft, rewrite, pass into law more gun laws that, that are going to violate the Constitution. The problem is, is we have to wait until this can get moved up to a higher court to get it shot down again. Meanwhile, all of us little people are stuck with these unconstitutional gun laws. It's got to stop. Okay. So how about if an elected official, let's say they violate the constitution, uh, is held accountable. What about a judge re- releasing a criminal, uh, you know, out on cashless bail individual goes back into the street, God forbid, kill someone. Shouldn't that judge face the consequences of their actions, right? Should the body who approved the cashless bail law be held accountable? There's no accountability. I'm not a legal expert by any stretch of the imagination. So maybe someone out there can enlighten me as to why this or this can or cannot be done. Uh, would, would be helpful. And I appreciate that. Um, you know, our police are overworked, underpaid, and have to contend with arresting the same pieces of shit over and over again is a waste of resources. So what, what do we do if a governor keeps passing laws or keeps implementing laws that violate our constitution? Nothing. I mean, nothing happens. All right. I mean, nothing has happened. Uh, you know, Hochul and, and some of these, the, the Whitmers, they can keep passing these laws over and over again, different laws. They violate the constitution and nothing gets done. Hold them accountable. How can we hold them accountable? I'm asking, should they be impeached? If a, if an elected politician, elected official violates the constitution, shouldn't they be impeached? I mean, the constitution is the law of the land, right? I thought so. <laughs> Breaking news. Okay. So I'm about to play you an audio clip of Joe Biden when he was asked if he, now mind you, uh, APEC summit is going on right now uh, in San Francisco. Thank you, um, Governor Newsom for cleaning up San Francisco just for the communist regime. Uh, to visit. But anyway, Joe Biden was just asked if he felt or thought that uh, ZZ was a dictator, communist dictator. Joe Biden does not disappoint. Mr. President, after today, would you still refer to President Xi as a dictator? This is a term uh, that you used earlier this year. Look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he is a guy who runs a country that is a communist country that is based on former government totally different than ours. You should see Anthony Blinken squirm. Oh my gosh, you can't make this stuff up. So, <laughs> sorry, folks. This is great. I mean, oh my goodness, I'm still laughing about this. I mean, the, the, I, I can only imagine how they're going to walk this back. What are they going to say? I mean, literally, the president of the United States called Chinese presidency uh, a communist dictator. I mean, he is, but, oh, this is great. And speaking of, I'm not sure, I just, just saw this, that there's a high school in Fremont in Oakland, California, removed the U.S. flag and raises the Palestinian flag. We got that going for us. I don't know what the hell. So anyway, moving on. Um, I mentioned earlier about uh, this whole push for... Bug burgers, right? You know, the WEF, they're my friends. Uh, no, I, I can't stand the WEF. It's full of globalist, elitist, we're going to dictate what you do with your life types of people. So they've been pushing for um, a ban on cows and, you know, cow farts are, are what's creating um, or contributing rather to climate change. So I stumbled upon this website called insect.com. That's Y-N-S-E-C-T.com. Uh, they got some, they got some pretty funny stuff up there. Um, you know, how about some, uh, oh, I don't know, mag infused cricket meatloaf. Okay. That stuff's not really on the website, but it kind of fit. So, I mean, look, I love my steak and taters. Um, 
give me a big old steak, some slap some butter on it, fat spud with some sour cream, salt and pepper. Yeah, I definitely, um, I don't see myself uh, eating a lot of crickets in the near future. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, we're not stretching our food supplies thin, but I just think pushing lab-grown insects for consumption has some uh, some questions that need to be raised, right? Um, you got to kind of go to the flip side of that, too, like Bill Gates, right? He owns the most land in the United States. He owns 242,000 acres in 19 states. He's the largest farmland owner in the U.S. Um, McDonald's gets their potatoes from from Bill Gates. You know, you can find articles on, on why he owns so much land. Uh, they'll tell you it's about farm sustainability, but I don't know. If you follow Gates, you're pretty much going to know that you're going to follow the money. I mean, farmland does tend to provide like a significant return on investments. I mean, obviously, this is kind of like a, I don't know, he's making a ton of money from it, but also gets to control what we eat. And I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not a big fan of Bill Gates. Now, he should have stuck with uh, software and left the rest of the world alone. So... You know, I'm on that insects website, and I, I came across uh, this this what's new uh, link, and they literally have genetic diversity officer phenotyping and genetic diversity officer. I'm trying to think for the life of me what diversity has to do with genetics when it comes to bugs. Anyway, so we have a genetician engineer. We've got the diversity officer, genetic diversity officer, and phenotyping. Plant and soil engineer. I get that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just a uh, lot of genetics uh, involved with mass producing insects, I guess. Anyway, I'll leave this one alone for now. Um, I think we'll find out more uh, as time goes on. I know there's already bugs and and some of the foods that we eat, but uh, I don't know. Well, let's like say we'll keep an eye on it. Okay. So I remember, I remember talk, t- telling you I was going to touch base on some of the gun control and some of the mental health issues, how I believe that, you know, in regards to the people evil, it's not the weapon used. It could be a car, a knife, the gun. If somebody wants to kill somebody, they're going to find a way of doing it. But anyway, so while I was doing this, recorded some of this podcast, I was kind of fumbling around on the internet and I happened to find a, a letter. Uh, this is from Connecticut, cga.ct.gov. And the gentleman's name is Matt Powell. So while I took a break, I kind of went over some of the stuff he was talking about in regards to these psychotropic drugs and mass shootings, suicides, things of that nature. So as I'm going over this list, you know, we talk about Eric Harris uh, and Dylan Klebold, uh, the Columbine shooters. They killed 12 students, one teacher. Klebold's medical records had never been made to the public, but Eric Harris was on Zoloft and Lovix. This Jeff Wise, age 16, so he was prescribed 60 milligrams a day of Prozac, which is, per this letter, three times the average starting dose for adults. This is a 16-year-old kid. So, by, mind you, that's three times the average starting dose for adults. So, that's that's quite a bit. So, he shot his grandfather, his grandfather's girlfriend, and, and a lot of students in Red Lake, Minnesota. Then he then shot himself. Corey Bodsgard, age 16, Washington State High School, was on Paxil which caused him to have hallucinations uh, when he took a rifle to his high school and held 23 classmates hostage. He has no memory of the event. Chris Fetters, 13 years old, killed his favorite aunt while taking Prozac. So when I went back over, and like I said, I paused this, uh, I went back over and I started doing a little Google research, and these are legitimate. It's Luke Woodham, 
age 16, was on Prozac, killed his mother, and then killed two students, wounding six others. I don't know what we need to say or do about this. Uh, one of the comments he made was, and this is true, over the last couple of decades, um, a lot of mental health institutions were shut down. And, you know, there's there's some some politicians out there, you know, stating that these things are inhumane, uh, you know, these facilities are inhumane, and um, they're going to use the money after they shut these places down and outreach programs. That's going to be much, you know, that's going to be better for the for the, the individual that's, that's suffering it from a mental health disorder. It never, it never, it never happened. They shut the facilities down, and what do we get from it? Increase in violence, right? Pushing more medications. So I don't know. So as I'm, I'm looking over all of these, there's, there's that common denominator: the drugs they're on. Not every mass shooter uh, are going to be on drugs. Some just are hateful. Um, some are just disgusting human beings, but these kids, um, that went on these rampages all seem to be on the same type of drugs. That's your Prozac, your Paxil. I don't know. It's, uh, it's disturbing. And it's something that, uh, our, our politicians and our, 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 those in our medical field need to look at. And they have, and I, I shouldn't say they need to look at, they have looked at it and I've done some research on it. They're going to tell you there's no direct correlation between the shooters or those having um, homicidal tendencies and the drugs they're taking. But I can tell you there's one thing that politicians have in common, mostly Democrats, when it comes to these shootings. It's not the drugs that these kids were on. It's the guns they had. Gun control. Every single one of them, when you look up these names, soon thereafter, is the call. We need more gun control. We need more gun control. How about we need mental health facilities or maybe we can stop pushing so many drugs on our children i mean doesn't that make sense i don't know it's just you know the more we look into these shootings in the backgrounds of these kids and adults 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 aren't exempt you can go back and look at the medical histories on a lot of these mass shooters they're also on psychotropic meds we have a crisis and i think it starts with the pharmaceutical companies so real quick, I want to talk about the SPR. That is the Strategic Petroleum Reserves. I mentioned earlier that I want to touch base on this thing. So currently our levels at about 350 million barrels. Seems like a lot, right? It actually holds like 750 or 760 million barrels. Our levels have not been this low since 1983. So the SPR is actually used to offset, like we'll say if OPEC wants to screw with us, you know, we can release some of these or sell some of this to, uh, to, to help boost our economy or, or, or get, you know, reduce the gas prices, things like that. I know Biden did it. Uh, I don't know. It was a 21, 2021, something like that. But the point is, if we get into a global conflict, a significant global conflict, we're in trouble. There's like 90 days of emergency oil reserves, um, at the SPR. So Biden had gone around, um, when he's talking about curbing the, the, the cost of, of gas there, I think it was 2020 or 2021. If you remember, he was touting how he's going to get OPEC to, you know, get with them to, to buy it cheaper. Guess what? They pretty much laughed at us. So we're still sitting at 350 million barrels. Now we can fill it ourselves. You know, we were energy independent not too long ago, like three and a half years ago. Energy, you know, both oil and gas, but things change with administrations, um, with constituents and, you know, those that, uh, oh, the environmentalists, if you will. But anyway, just wanted to mention that, um, 
we were supposed to get it filled up by for cheaper and we are still sitting just as low as we were when Biden made that comment. So anyway, carry on. What's next? So anyway, like most of my, my topics I'm going to cover in my podcast, I'll revisit them um, as more information comes to light. So coming up in uh, next week's podcast, uh, maybe a week, maybe I'll do it uh, Thursdays and Sundays or who knows. Uh, so China appears to be playing at our uh, former um, Air Force base in, in Bagram. That's great, right? I mean, after Biden completely armed their, their terrorist military uh, in Afghanistan, the Taliban, uh, China's now buddying up with, with the, the really bad guys. Women. Women. What in the hell is going on? Seriously. So you got all these men whooping your asses in sports. Literally, Maybelline is using a guy as a makeup model. Look, y'all got to step up. I'm not sure how you're going to do it, um, but you got to figure something out here. Um, we'll talk about the fall of the nuclear family, taking birth rates here in the U.S., and uh, why China is teaching their elementary age school kids how to fire handguns while the West teaches their kids that they can be whatever gender they want. Yeah, that's a thing. So if you like my podcast, uh, by all means, you can buy me a beer at uh, buymeabeer.com uh, forward slash Grandma Sarcasm. Or you can Venmo, Venmo me at, uh, at Grandma Sarcasm. Whatever you guys give, I appreciate. It's going to help me uh, actually get some better equipment and expand on some things that uh, I want to do with this podcast which actually is a 501C. Um, and I'll get into this later, uh, again, down the road here a little bit, once I see how this thing is going to progress. It's going to be something that's going to help America's heroes. I take zero dollars from this thing. Um, this is going to be uh, 100% of the proceeds are going to go to help America's heroes, our vets, um, you know, law enforcement, doctors, nurses, whoever, pe- people that go, have gone up and out of their way to make this country a better place. So with that being said, uh, this is Graham of Sarcasm. You can find me on X at Graham of Sarcasm or email me at Graham at Graham of Sarcasm.com. Thanks for listening.